Well, good evening. It is time for us to begin our Wednesday evening Bible study together, and we are so glad that you have chosen to be with us, and it's good for the three of us to be able to be back together uh, this week and to be with you as we continue our study in 1 John. Uh, tonight, we're going to be looking at 1 John chapter 2, beginning verse 15, so I encourage you to turn in your Bibles to that, 1 John chapter 2, uh, beginning in verse 15, we read, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. Now, the first place that I want us to start uh, our discussion is with what the world is. Um, the Greek word there is the word cosmos. And I know typically whenever we hear the word cosmos, we probably think of the universe uh, or maybe Cosmos Kramer, I guess, if you're a Seinfeld fan. <laughs> uh, but typically we think of the cosmos in the broadest sense and the universe and all that God has made, including the earth itself. Um, but when we think about what God has created in nature, in earth and uh, universe, we, we know according to the account in Genesis, that God looked at all that and he said it was good. And we know that of course Jesus used illustrations where he would use nature in his teachings. Uh, so that use of the word world in that nature sense, that's not what this is talking about. You know, Here John is not telling us that we are to not love nature, that we're not to love the earth as God created it. Uh, the world that John is speaking of here is more in the moral sense of the word. He's referring to the people of this world, the, the people who are not following after the standards and, and the will of God. Um, I think there is an ongoing temptation for us as children of God's to always compromise with the world. It, it's not easy to be different. Uh, there is a, a temptation to blend we want to be accepted. Uh, again, we don't want to be different. We don't really want to be set apart. But this obligation to not love the world is just as much for us today as it was for the first ones who would have read or maybe heard these words of John read all those many years ago. A, a person will either love God or love the world. Uh, a person will either serve the world or serve God. Uh, a person does not have the ability to do both. And so it, it becomes very important for us individually as children of God's to make up our mind. You know, whose path are we going to travel? Whose standards are we going to adhere to? Is it going to be the world around us or is it going to be God? Um, you guys have any thoughts about what the world is or what it represents? This most simplistic definition, because that, that's what I like to do, is look at things in the most simple way I can, uh, would be anything that's not the kingdom. Um, the way I look at it is that while God, while the world belongs to God, um, it only belongs to Him in the sense that it, everything belongs to Him. Mm -hmm. The world is kind of like the separation from God. Uh, the choice for mankind to kind of live on their own standard, by their own standard, and not for God. Uh, kind of the divide between 
the kingdom, and everything else. Mm -hmm. And I, I like that word divide because I think there definitely is uh, a very strong divide between the two mm. uh, where there's not any overlap. And I, I think we'll see that later in John's writing even more, um, even more so than here. But there's definitely that, that call here to not love the world. You know, that if you do love the world, then the love of the Father is not in you. Um, and one of the things that I do appreciate about the writings of John he can be very black and white, mm -hmm. you know, in his writings. He doesn't leave a lot of room for vagueness. Uh, and you, you see that here. Um, you see that, that certainty of that dividing line, like mm -hmm. you just mentioned, Dave, between the kingdom and between the world. Uh, so that's definitely there. Uh, yeah, I think you guys pretty much covered it. I was, I think when I think of the world, um, it is, like you said, it's it's not the physical world itself. God made that. That's mm -hmm. good. Um, but it's our interaction with mm -hmm. the world. And that's really what's condemned in the passage is is, is our love mm -hmm. for the world. Mm -hmm. Or um, even when it says, well, well, we'll get to it later, but all the things that it mentions that are evil, it's all about how we interact with those things. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so the world is uh, society and kind of how we interact with society and uh Society and the fact that most of society is built upon things, like you mentioned, that are not uh, kingdom-oriented. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so the world is anything not kingdom, uh, and, and the way we interact with the things that are not. Mm -hmm. uh, not. Not saying that the things that are not the kingdom are necessarily sinful, but what is our interaction with the things mm -hmm. that are not directly kingdom-related? Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I think Lionel Richie wrote a theme song for the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He, He's got the whole world in his hands? Is that it? That, that's not that's the one he wrote. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a different one. But. <laughs> um, then, then we do see these categories of sins that John mentions here. They're not really specific sins the way that we sometimes think of specific sins. Mm -hmm. But rather he gives us three very broad categories that I, I think that if you looked at everything that uh, the Bible might deem sinful, they would probably fit in one of these three categories. And so we want to spend a little bit of time kind of dissecting what these three categories are, you know, what they mean. And so the first one, guys, that he mentions is the desires of the flesh. So what are the, the desires of the flesh? Um, I think it's anything that has to do with things that, that we want our carnal desires. And I think most of the time when we hear like desires of the flesh, most of the time we think of like sexual sin. Sure. But this is in a more broad sense. And I think mm -hmm. it's anything that appeals to our senses is right. what the desires of the flesh is. Now, sexual sin would definitely be categorized here. Yes. But it's not only that. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. right. Just anything mm -hmm. that, that appeals to our senses in any, in, in any way that we are wanting to pursue that more than we're wanting to pursue our love for God. Yeah, I would agree. I would say that it's a kind of our desire to please or to self-seek in yeah. a physical way, uh, putting our wants and desires above anything else. Yeah, yeah, like worldly ambitions and things of that nature. Um, anyone who's made maybe even comfort kind of a God in their life. Mm -hmm. uh, there's, there's a lot of things that could fit into this area of uh, the desires of the flesh. And there's a lot of natural desires that we have, like sexual desire or physical desire, whatever you know, you put there that are perfectly okay. Mm -hmm. Those desires are okay, but it's just, 
how much control we have over those things and right. where we place, place the importance. And um, our nature is sometimes to put those needs ahead of God. Mm. And that's where the uh, lust of the flesh comes in or the desires of the flesh that, that John's talking about yeah. here yeah. is kind of where our priorities lie with where we put those. A yeah. core of Christianity is self-denial mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, and self-discipline um, and, and selflessness. Um, so I think that speaks a lot to the opposite of what maybe the desires of right. the flesh are. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. Um, okay, so then that brings us to the next one, the desires of the eye. What, what are those? I would say being obsessed with the things that I don't have. Mm-hmm. Um, things that are, a lot of things are appealing to our eyes. The world offers a lot of things that are appealing to our eyes, to our senses, but basically things are pretty. Mm-hmm. Things look good to us. They're appealing to us. They're attractive to us. And that usually um, appeals to us in a way that that's what we become obsessed with. That's the direction we want to go. That's what becomes most important to us. Uh, and I would say that anything in this world that gets our attention and pulls our attention away. Yeah, I like that. I do too. Gets our attention, pulls our attention away. Um, even just in a uh, illustrational sense, just the idea of, you know, if our eyes are focused on the cross and maybe the desires of the uh, desires of their eyes are anything that pulls our attention off of the cross. Mm-hmm. Um, and whereas maybe desires of the flesh are very inwardly focused, desires of the eyes are kind of outwardly focused. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like you said, desiring things maybe that we don't have, or maybe it goes to ambition, like what mm-hmm. you mentioned earlier, and desiring something that I don't have yet. Mm-hmm. Um, could be desires of the eyes. And once again, a lot of these things wouldn't necessarily have to be inherently sinful. Right. Um, it's just that what um, at what expense did we gain those things, or right. what expense did we, in, in the pursuit of those things, yeah. give up in the pursuit of those things? As I'm getting a little bit older, uh, I find myself getting a little better at this, uh, but in my younger days, not too many years ago, man, a good commercial, a good car commercial especially, mm-hmm. <laughs> could really get in my head. Uh, I think marketing and advertising, they do a great job of putting products in front of us that sometimes make us start to feel like happiness will mm-hmm. come mm-hmm. when I finally have that, right. whatever that may be. Um, and I can speak from experience uh, that it doesn't. You know, when just because you watch the, the commercial, uh, for me personally, it was when uh, the Ford Mustang rolled out the new body line. <laughs> and I remember seeing that commercial, uh, I think it was when they unveiled it at the Super Bowl. And I remember watching it and telling Rebecca, I'm like, I'm going to have one of those. <laughs> and she laughed at me. Uh, and then a couple months later, I went and got my oil changed in my truck. And I came home in one of those Mustangs. <laughs> and uh, I really enjoyed it. It was a fun little car but it did not fulfill me. Uh, If anything, after a while, I started feeling kind of bad (laughs) Uh, and and eventually got rid of it. Now, I'm not saying Ford Mustangs are sinful or anything of that nature. I'm just saying that a lot of times we we can be sold on things in this life that we see, that we think are gonna be pretty, and somebody dangles in front of us as though it's going to fulfill us and that it's gonna give us some type of happiness or joy. Uh, it definitely doesn't provide joy, 
but the happiness, more times than not, is very, very short-lived. You know, I, I think about how crafty the marketing, marketing industry is. Everything that they do when it comes to commercials and it comes to billboards, any kind of advertisement, it's all based on studies that have mm -hmm. been researched for years and years and years of what can we put here that'll get somebody's attention, mm -hmm. that'll make them want to go buy this, or what can Burger King put on their commercial that makes you go, oh, I gotta have a Whopper, or, you know, or anything, example you can come up with. And it makes me think about how, you know, effective that is and how much more crafty the devil is. Mm -hmm. Because he's the master mm -hmm. at that. And he, he's working his, his fingers into us more so than any of these marketing people are. Um, and so it, it it makes you think of just if that if if we're persuaded so easily by man yeah in marketing, um, just think how much more we're persuaded by the devil. Mm -hmm. I saw an example several years ago that has always stuck out in my mind. It was a, uh, a divorce attorney, uh, I believe he was in Chicago, and he had posted billboards and uh, bus ads, and in the center of the ad, it just said, "You know you're." not happy in your marriage. And then on both ends, it had a scantily clad man and a scantily clad woman. Uh, in other words, saying, this is what you really want. You want a person dressed like this. You want mm -hmm. this person to be married to. Mm -hmm. and, and I just thought, man, you know, again, the eye being what it is, we're drawn to things like that. And, and people, because they're people, they begin to think um, sinful thoughts. Again, thinking my life could be so much better. Yeah. My life mm -hmm. could be so much happier if I just had that. Mm -hmm. um, and you're right, Dave. I mean, I, I think that is oftentimes that Satan at his finest mm -hmm. in a very subtle way, um, working and manipulating us. Uh, okay, well, that brings us to the third one. Uh, what, what is then the, the pride of life? I think it's kind of not the opposite of the... Um, Lust of the eyes, but kind of the opposite, because I would I would define that as the arrogant, boastful pride that we have in the things that we do have, mm -hmm. uh, and the successes that we've had in life, or our standing in life. Um, once again, a lot of these things may not be inherently sinful. It's not inherently sinful to have a good job mm -hmm. or to do well in school, um, but it's the placement in our hearts. Mm -hmm. It's where we've placed the importance of those things. It's what we've given up in pursuit of those things. Um, I think it's easy to forget where those things come from. And a lot of times we like to look back at the things we've done and the accomplishments that we've made, and it makes us prideful and arrogant and boastful. And that's what I would label as you know, the pride of life. I like the phrase pride of life, uh, not because I like being you know, <laughs> pride of life or proud of life, but uh, that, that's something that transcends culture, I think. Mm -hmm. I think no matter no matter what, there it's always going to be a struggle for people everywhere to be really proud mm -hmm. uh, about their life. Mm -hmm. And and you think about what are the things that comes with pride. Right. Um, and the things that, that come with pride is, uh, a lot of times we put, if you're very proud people, we put a lot of walls up and we don't want people to see when we're hurting or when we're down or when we need help. Um, and that goes directly against everything that Christianity is about. Mm -hmm. And Christianity is all about when you're in this community of people, when you're with your Christian brothers and sisters, 
uh, there's not supposed to be walls, and I'm supposed to be able to confess my sins to my brothers and sisters, and I'm supposed to be able to rely on my brothers and sisters to pray for me, and I'm going to do that as well. And it's very anti-pride. Mm-hmm. It's it's really just all about. Uh, it's it's not about me. It's about us. It's about mm-hmm. God. Um, so the pride of pride of life is really just about like what you said. It's all look what I've done, mm-hmm. um, and we think about what's, what's Christianity about. And it's well, Christianity is about well, look what God's done, right. mm-hmm. and look what the church has done. Um, so even though that, that pride of life, like I said, I think it transcends culture no matter if it was 2,000 years ago or 2,000 years in the right. future, that's going to be a problem. Um, but the solution is what God's principles are of it's not about what I've done, it's about what, what God's done. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Uh, and I, Man, I greatly appreciate that, Justin, because um, you're right, the idea of a transcending culture, ego is a problem everywhere you go. Yeah. No matter what culture you may be in, what nation you may be in, ego is always going to be an issue for mankind. And and whether it's in the person talking about how much good they've done for other people or talking about uh, maybe wealthy or famous people they know and they like to kind of name drop, you know, in mm-hmm. conversations. Or maybe it's always talking about how they're in the market to buy a bigger home or a better boat or a better car. And they're always just t- talking about these things, spending a lot of time trying to impress people uh, with what is really almost a non-existent life, Mm -hmm. you know? Because all those things that people get so caught up in and boast over sometimes, they're worthless. Right. You know, they're they're pointless, they're vain. Um, And, you know, when you kind of bring all this to a conclusion then, you, you go to that final verse, and again, John said, the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. Those who would attach themselves to this world, those who would attach themselves to, to these sinful categories you know, that we just looked at, um, tragically, they're, they're giving themselves to that which has no real future. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know? um, they're putting themselves in a situation, a lot of times not really understanding or knowing that all the things of this life, all the things of this world, are they're just going to pass away. But God has promised His children uh, eternal life. So the world, that is the, the people who are outside of Christ, the people who are not living by the standards of God, man, tragically they're doomed to disappointment. Um, and that is such a sad thing to think about. Mm. But the people of God, we're promised joy in life everlasting. And, and what a, an amazing blessing that that is. And so I, I think then it becomes really, really important for us as children of God, maybe to spend a little bit of time in our own life, really reflecting and really doing a lot of soul searching to make sure that we're not trying to maybe live with one foot in the kingdom and one foot in the world. Uh, Because again, there's a very strong line of division that's Mm -hmm. been drawn between the two. And we really are either in or out. And so I think we need to really sometimes do some, again, some reflection to make sure that we are living by the will uh, of God Mm -hmm. so that we can find the assurance of life everlasting. Yeah. I. I, the world is very appealing, mm-hmm. and the things that the world has to offer us is 
very appealing to our sinful desires, right? Um, and then the, I, I heard a phrase one time that I, I really appreciate, and I, it just came to mind as, as you were talking, Blake. Um, and of course, they this phrase was used in, in response. To nothing biblical. It was more of a, you know. Um, regarding a grocery store, but <laughs> the guy said, I would rather make a slow dime than a quick penny. Mm. And that mind came that came to my mind just now because I was thinking about how this world is so appealing to us, but it's, it's just superficial. Mm -hmm. There's no depth to it. There's nothing to it. And it may be fun for the moment, but the, the reward that we get from God, the reward of heaven, uh, the eternal life with Him, it is so far greater than anything this world could give us. So while it may seem fun in the moment and enjoyable in the moment, uh, what we're giving up in the long run is so much greater. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I would rather make a slow dime than a quick penny yeah. when it comes to where I want to spend my eternity. Yeah, even in, even in the long run of our, within our lives, the life on the path that God has chosen for us versus the life of pursuing the world is a better life, mm -hmm. right? Um, it's, I mean, it, it is definitely our ultimate reward is the ultimate joy, but there is so much joy with choosing to walk the path that God has chosen for yeah. us um, also in the world. And that's, that's also a longer walk, yeah. you know, and just a very uh, quick example would be like, like the pride of life. And if I am someone uh, who, who is really struggling with the pride of life, how many, how many people am I going to have around me that are, I'm, I'm really going to be close to mm. and that, that I can really rely on outside of them desiring something for me and my possessions? Mm -hmm. um, so I might would have more possessions in my life or more status in my life, um, but I wouldn't necessarily have people in my life that I need to have the longevity of life and to be able to face whatever trials and temptations come my way. Whereas if I'm living the path that God has laid out for me, I might have good possessions and I might not, but I'll, at the same time, I know I will have a Christian family mm -hmm. and I know I'll have people that I can always rely on. So that's just a very, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know, it's just an example from this, but it, but I think there's there's more than just saying, well, there's heaven one day. Right. You know, There's also joy in walking the Christian life. Absolutely. And I think that's something we forget about. Amen. Um, and we just, I mean, Heaven's going to be great, and it's going to be way better than this life. But there is joy there here is. now today. Yeah, I agree. And, I, and I, uh, I like that because if you think about the difference between, um, just my mind went back to the prodigal son, and when he claims inheritance and when he leaves, he has all that around him. But then when he loses everything, right. there's no one left around him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I just think about how opposite the church is and our relationships with one another is if, if we're on down times, and we lose everything we have, we still have each other. Right. And we, we haven't had, you know, the church doesn't, the people, that your, your brothers and sisters, they're not going to leave you. Right. Um, but that's the, the difference between that, the path that you're on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Amen. Well, I think this has been a wonderful discussion and this study from God's Word. We do pray that it has benefited and blessed you. And so now as we kind of draw it to a close, I'm going to ask Dave, if you would, to lead us in a word of prayer. Sure, absolutely. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this evening. We're so thankful for this time that we have had to open up your word and to study, Father. We pray that we'll take this knowledge, Father, that we'll use it in our lives. Now, Father, we know that this world is, can appeal to us, Father. 
And can you appeal to our, our physical and, and visual, Father, in our prideful ways? But Father, we know that we should be looking past all of that, Father, and be looking to you. Father, help us to strive to be the sons and daughters, Father, that we need to be. Help us to be the brothers and sisters that we need to be. Father, just continue to keep us focused on you. We pray that we strive every day to honor and serve you. Mm -hmm. Thank you for everything you do in our lives, for all the, the blessings you have given us, both spiritual and physical, Father. And we pray that you will continue blessing us as you see fit. Father, we pray that you will be with all those that are sick of our congregation. We pray that you will uplift them, Father, and heal them if it be your will, Father, and just to continue to encourage them, Father. We also pray that you'll be with the world right now. Uh, Father, we just pray that you'll be with all those that are, are battling the COVID-19, Father. We pray that this will uh, continue to uh, get the traction it needs, Father, to find the, the best way to get rid of it, Father, to find the vaccine. Father, we pray that that comes soon. Uh, Father, we also thank you for the ability to stay in touch with one another. Father, we pray that we continue to find new ways to reach out into the community around us, Father, to show them you and your love. Uh, Father, we want to thank you for your son. Thank you for the life that he lived and his willingness to, to be here, Father, and to, most importantly, to give his life on the cross. We're so thankful for that sacrifice and what it means to us as, as your children, Father. Uh, it reunites us with you, Father, that blood does with the forgiveness of our sins, Father. And we pray that uh, we honor that sacrifice daily. All these things we ask in your Son's name. Amen. Amen. Amen.